0: Hello and welcome to the Joe Quesada experience. I'm your host Joe Quesada and we are currently in a windy attic right now. I'm the only host on today's episode and today I will be discussing certain topics such as like uh, Thanksgiving misconceptions and uh, recent going on going ons in the news. It's been pretty crazy so it started. um, We're doing great as I return on the joke is saw experience we've had about about 100 views in the last oh the 100 views in like the last week around that much which i'm very proud of i like those numbers i wish we can keep it going hopefully this episode i'm expecting at least half it's been about 10 days since i last made an episode but hopefully we get up there again um i really do enjoy where the show's going i i, I am uh, very proud of the support Thank you. We will be making shirts here soon. I need to make those designs and get them out. So if you really want a shirt, hit me up. I'm planning around $20 per shirt. Hopefully they're a nice quality. I can't put much on them because I uh, I haven't, you know, um, I'm, not, I'm not very willing to spend my own money on a bunch of shirts and not have the uh, guarantee of people buying them. So uh, I'm planning to have like a little order form and then after how many order forms I'll print. That many plus a little bit extra, if anyone decides to order them, and then uh, depending on how much money there there's made off them, I may make a second batch and then keep on going. But today we're going to be talking about uh, Thanksgiving misconceptions. So I I was under the impression for like the majority of my life that um, Christopher Columbus came with the Pilgrims. I I stopped believing this like last year, the year before, when I realized that Christopher Columbus was about 200 years before the Pilgrims and on an entirely different side of the uh, continent. So I always thought that he was in the Mayflower and he came over and uh, discovered America, which was uh, half right, half wrong. Um, he did discover America. But he didn't do it with the Pilgrims. They came much later after the uh, Spanish colonies and all of them were already set up down enough. So Florida and Cuba and those lands. So I was half right and also half wrong. Depends on how you look at it. So, I, and then, um, you know, there's not really much I can even say on this episode. I'm already losing steam. Okay, so, yeah. So the Thanksgiving misconceptions... I always, uh, I believe there actually, like, wasn't a turkey. I remember hearing that. There there was no turkey on Thanksgiving. That was just, like, a liberal, a liberal, an American liberal idea, which definitely probably isn't true. But I heard it somewhere once in my life. So I can pull up some famous Thanksgiving uh, misconceptions here on my iPhone. And, um, I can review them, see how reasonable they are. Famous Thanksgiving Misconceptions. I'm expecting it's like some... Oh, okay. Ten myths about the Thanksgiving. The Pilgrims held the first Thanksgiving. Let's. This is from the HNN. Myth number one. The Pilgrims held the first Thanksgiving. It's trying to make me sign up for a newsletter now. So, apparently, to see what the... This is the first myth. Te- Texas claims that the first Thanksgiving action. Okay, so Texas claims that the first Thanksgiving took place in 1598, 23 years before the Pilgrims' festival. So they believe that um, the Spanish explorer Juan de Ortene, on the banks of the Rio Grande, had the first Thanksgiving after his 350-mile-long um, trek across the Mexican desert. I mean, yeah. If, if having a meal isn't really a trademarked idea anyone could have a thank everyone anyone can give thanks so i think claiming that you started thanksgiving is kind of ridiculous people have been giving thanks since the beginning of time so myth number 2 thanksgiving was about family if by thanksgiving you have in mind the pilgrim festival forget about it being a family holiday put away your norman rockwell paintings turn, on, turn off bing, bing crosby Thanksgiving is a multicultural community event. If it's been about family, the Pilgrims have never invited the Indians to join them. Wait, what? So, it's not about family. It's about inviting everyone. Yeah. So, myth number three. Thanksgiving was about religion. No, it wasn't. No, they were giving thanks for after the big, before the winter, I believe. And, um, Okay. Paraphrasing the answer provided, if Thanksgiving had been about religion, the pilgrims would have never invited the Indians to join them. Besides, the pilgrims would never have tolerated festivals at true religious event, and tea, blah, 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 It's, the, the argument here is that because there was natives, it's not about religion. Uh, the pilgrims ate turkey. This is another myth. Um, yeah, uh, so they didn't have corn on the cob, apples, pears, potatoes, or even cranberries. No one knows if they had turkey all although they were used to eating turkey. The only food they had for sure was deer. I didn't eat of a fork, they didn't have forks back then. Okay, who really cares? So, how do we get the idea of if you have turkey, cranberry, and such on Thanksgiving? It's because the Victorians prepared Thanksgiving that way. And they're the ones who made Thanksgiving a national holiday beginning in 1863 when Abe Lincoln issued his presidential Thanksgiving proclamations. Two of them went to celebrate Thanksgiving in August, second and November for Lincoln America's outside. Then they didn't celebrate the holiday, then blah, 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 blah. Who really cares? It's a holiday from a thousand years ago. Pilgrims landed on Pilgrim Rock. Plymouth Rock, I'm sorry. According to the historian George Wilson, who devoted his life to the subject, the story about the rock was all malarkey. A public relations stunt pulled off by townsfolk to attract attention. What Wilson found is that the Plymouth Rock legend rests entirely on dubious testimony of Thomas Faunce, a 95-year-old man who, who the story more than a century after the Mayflower landed. Unfortunately, not too many people ever heard how he came to the story of Plymouth Rock. Okay, it's just about... Plymouth Rock, we didn't actually go there. Uh, no pilgrim, myth number six, pilgrims lived in log cabins. Now, I've never actually heard this in my entire life. I assume they live in, like, regular houses, like houses regular for the time. No pilgrim ever lived in a log cabin. The log cabin did not appear in America until the late 17th century was when it was introduced by the Swedes and the Germans. The very term log cabin cannot be found in print till the 1770s. So I mean, they could have had a law lo- I mean they could have like had a house made of wood, I mean Yes, yeah, so the pilgrims lived in wood clapboard houses made from solid lumber. Myth number seven, pilgrims dressed in black. Not only did they not dress in black, they did not order as funny buckles, weird shoes, or black steeple hats. So how do we get the idea of uh the buckles? The Plymouth plantation historian James W. Baker. Uh, explains that the 19th century, when the popular images of pilgrims were formed, buckles served as a kind of uh, emblem of quantinus. Uh, quantinus? I've never seen this word for my darling. What was the reason illustrators gave Santa buckles? Even the blunderbuss, which were, pilgrims are were identified as a symbol of quantinus, the blunderbuss is mainly used to control cows. It wasn't a hunting rifle. Look at date and the pilgrim stereotype, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, myth number eight: Pilgrim spiritans, same thing they are different the pure okay I I don't even need to read this the Puritans came over first day because they were super pure they were uh, insane the pilgrims they were kind of a little different so the Puritans hated fun this is myth number 10 Uh, the Puritans welcomed laughter and dressed in bright colors um, as Carl uh, Dagger long ago said, Sabbatarian and or anti sex attitudes usually the as Puritans are the 19th century addition to a much more moderate and wholesome view of life's evils held by the early settlers in New England. So, this was a complete waste of my mm. time, but these comments seemed a little heated. So, Hanniville from six years ago, he's angry about the forks, the forks comment about them not even being around. Forks have been around since at least fourth century BC and were common use in fifteenth century centuries. The holiday was religious, and there was a direct object of thankfulness, and the direct object was God. It was also about celebrating the human family as a whole. It was in family it was family in nature as well. In the other notes, for one had never been there, it a suggestion that the pilgrims lived in a hollow cabin or in the 1961 feast was actually the first day of Fankshiving Arabic with history, but part of the people have been taught that. Part fault, however, I think that the good uh between the Puritans and the Pilgrims could show that they are not is often a popular misconception, murders bigots, and legalist That was from uh his name is Halvaney from six years ago. The truth raider from seven years ago writes This is a poor piece of historical writing. Many of these myths are not even commonly commonly held by the majority of people. It is it is if as it it's as if the internet kept going and left the writer behind. The last piece is best, but if the poor dressed in dark colors, I'll bet it was because the brighter colors involved tints and that cost a bit. So that would be a result of their famous reality and efficiency and recycling their, good, their goods for multiple use and making good use of what working time they had. For for more, see my blog at True Truthreator, mm-hmm. truth uh, that's, that's fine. Dom Bet six years ago, says... These seem more like myths about the pilgrims, more than myths about Thanksgiving. And then just the author just his pilgrims are not Puritans. He adds nine or ten, which are about the Puritans. Uh, Candy Rosselli says, from three years ago, edited, In Holidays, Festivals, and Celebrations of the World Dictionary and Religions of the World a comprehensive encyclopedia and beliefs and practices, indicates the holiday's roots are the first harvest celebrations offer the first fruits of their divinities and ancestors. In Africa, Kawanzana, a Swahili word, Mutanya Kanzana, is considered a religious holiday. Another is the Mid-Autumn Festival in China. This, too, is a religious festival to honor the moon goddess. The ritual involves the woman of the house bowing in what Chinese is a kowtow. For the moon goddess, some of the earliest festivals of the, thanking the gods once a year, life and once a year, Lion Naraz, which is marked by the holiest days of the Zoroastrian ancient calendar, adoration in particular to the spirit of Noon, who is driven underground by the spirit of Winter. So that that's that's a pretty heavy thing to swallow. It's about Zoroastrianism and um, Noon. Here in America. Uh, many will say prayer over the Thanksgiving dinner, giving thanks to God for the bounties he set before us. As a kid growing up, I remember Thanksgiving prayer, but seldom heard a daily prayer before supper. Thanksgiving has always had a religious overtones in many of the same rituals. Celebrating ancient times, Over, overreacting in some cases, over drinking and so forth, I guess. Oh, overeating in some cases, drink overdrinking, I guess what... I'm trying to say, as the Almighty Sovereign Lord in the universe deserves to be given thanks every day, is written in Exodus 20, the first commandment, Have no other gods before me. There is only one God. He deserves our exclusive devotion. We are not to mix our worship by joining in those who give honor to the other gods whose ancient origins are rooted in pagan worship. Those who honor idols of stone, divinity, spirits, and our dead ancestors against the teachings of our heavenly Father, Jehovah, and His Son Jesus Christ. Thanksgiving was an ancient pagan religion, religious celebration to various false gods. From Candy Rosales, three years ago. Edward Wallace writes, a lot of the story of of the pilgrims were made up as I, as time went on, just. Just like the Alamo Crockett wasn't standing in some great man fighting off Mexicans. Quite the opposite. He was running for his life. History has been modified to make certain groups look good, even if it's a lie. Example, picture of Christ. That's a picture of someone's family. What? What are you talking about? Okay, now now we're just getting into stuff that, um... Now we're getting stuff that made me canceled off off the uh, show here. So that was the uh, the first that was a waste of my time, honestly. That was ridiculous. I, I didn't really learn anything. Six common Thanksgiving mix debunked. Let's see if these are the exact same. Okay. Let's let's see number one. There is, it doesn't even it doesn't have a list, so I'm not even gonna read it. Ugh. That shows you how um lazy I am. What? We've been doing this for 13 minutes now? Wow, okay. can't believe I just read an article for 13 minutes about literally nothing. So, because we're, we're approaching Christmas too, we're, what, what's the closest holiday right now? We're on November 26th, so we're just going to open up calendar and see the closest holiday around me right now. So, uh, January 1st, that's New Year. okay, I'm, I'm in January. We're going to have to look at December. So, December 2nd, uh, someone. I'm just looking at the calendar to see if anything's going to shut up. The 4th, nothing. The 5th, nothing. It's my birthday, the 5th. 7th, nothing. 8th, nothing. 9th, nothing. 10th, nothing. The 11th, nothing. The 12th, nothing. 13th, nothing. 14th, nothing. 15th, nothing. 16th, 17th. Looks like we're going to have to talk about Christmas. So, Christmas, oh, I love I love Christmas. So Christmas is a great holiday. It's been around since a, a long time. And, uh, you know, you, you give back. You It's a holiday of giving, pretty much. That's the simplest I can put it in. It's, I, th- I think it's much better than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is just an excuse to uh, binge eat. And then you feel bad for the rest of the month. Then, um... On, then on New Year's Resolution, after you gain 30 pounds, on average, 8 to 30 pounds, Americans will, gauge, will gain in between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve. They're going to feel bad about themselves, say, I want to lose weight for my New Year's Resolution. And they eventually don't because they're eating wrong. They start themselves do a 40-day fast, a ridiculous um, thing there. But that's all I got to say about that. So Christmas is a great holiday. I've always had fun on Christmas. Well, my family does. I mean, this sort of when I was younger. Uh, they would have um big bags. We, we kinda just stopped putting things under a tree, I assume we just got lazy. But we'd have these big uh, big bags and from from Santa's North Pole, and uh, all our gifts would just be in there already wrapped, which I thought was a uh, nice. So we all get our own little bag. A big giant potato sack, I guess. And it it was pretty good. I mean I enjoyed it. So that's all I gotta say about Christmas. And the next holiday after Christmas is uh, New Year's, which uh, I remember I heard something about some woman who like wanted to blow up some place, and so she had her phone set. It was like it was like some New Year's. She wanted to, like blow something up on New Year's, so she had her phone set to like eleven fifty nine. She was gonna text it. She had it set like that, to make it blow up. But the carrier company texted her first, and she died in there with the phone and the bomb, which is a sad way to go out. I mean a failed bombing by the, I remember, it was probably like Verizon, the, the carrier. So, uh, thank God for that company. Innocent people would have died. So, that's all I got to say about that. The uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was uh, deemed not guilty. Now, I'm not going to give my opinion on this, but he's kind of blowing up in the press. And I, I think he could easily sue the president at this point for uh, defamation, which... The Cunningham Catholic kid, I do believe, did the exact same thing. And I don't know how much money he made, but he probably made a lot of money. So uh, let, let's see. Um, how much did the Cunningham Catholic kid make off defamation claims? This this could be... um. So the Nick Sandman, that was his name. I know a kid named, whose Snapchat name is Nick Sandman. $250 million dollar suit with Covington Catholic Teen Nick Sandman. Okay, that's a lot of money. Now, as it seems as if every single news station was slandering um, Kyle Renhouse, and even the president. I believe Kyle said he was using actual malice, which is a legal term, which means he is talking to his lawyers. So, if Kyle does sue the president, that would kind of be crazy. Now, I do believe uh, President Joe Biden's approval ratings are very low right now and um, that I mean that sucks for him so I don't know what's going to happen I, this is this is a crazy time in our country like, the, I'm going to be that honest in three months we're going to be screwed okay I don't think we're going to make it past the next year without the stock market crashing you can I bet $20 on it that to, that $20 is going to be worth nothing actually by the time because Americans we, we just keep on printing money you see our money um, is printed, like, we are printing billions of dollars every day. And the only reason we're not going down like Germany is because Americans just don't realize it. Okay. If if we realized that the dollar is pretty much completely worthless right now, yeah, it, we'd have, our money would be worthless. Okay. That's that's that simple. We... Sorry for the little cut. I, I got interrupted. So, we were talking about how the uh, stock market is going to crash. And so, yeah, it's going to be bad, I believe. Um... So with um, no one's working actually at the moment, I'm, I'm going to keep on saying this. I think you can get a job literally everywhere, anywhere at this point because everyone's experiencing a shortage. I'd think they'd literally do anything for any type of worker. So, excuse me, it's going to be very easy, I think, to get a job for anyone like part time, side hustle, like Walmart's paying like $20 and that, $14 an hour just for like pushing carts. That's double minimum wage. I never, I never thought some of this stuff was going to happen. And I remember, like, um, like, last year and the, like, year before that, th- the world has changed so much in the last two, three years, year and a half, ever since COVID. it just, like, it's a, it's a whole different place. Like, things change so fast. Like, I remember, um... I'm gonna get a little political about vaccines here, but I remember people talking about like, oh, in a the month they're gonna make you guys uh, or make us uh, get forced vaccinations, and, uh, and they're gonna make you, we're gonna make you, um, uh, do things, man. And they're gonna, they're gonna, are um, uh, gonna make you uh, take it. they are gonna make you take the freaking shot. And they're gonna make you, they're gonna make you uh, show proof of vaccination. And I said, I'm thinking that's never gonna happen. That's not not that fast, okay. But uh, lo and behold, it's act- I do believe it's actually happening now, which I didn't think was gonna happen this fast. Seems a little crazy. But the way it's just there, it's rapidly expanding. like looking back, like photos and videos from like two, a year and a half ago, two years ago, it's just, it's, it's just a different world. I remember last year around this time we got quarantined. Everyone did. The school got shut down because there's too many cases and just, it was so different. It was so entirely different. It's unbelievable. It was so, so much different. And I never thought, not in my life, that it was going to go this crazy this fast. I thought it was just going to kind of, you know, stay the same. I mean, there's nothing to really worry about. Just, I mean, it, w- it just, I never thought it would go this crazy that fast. And I was just, I'm baffled just looking back, like how different the world was last year. I was uh 40 more pounds I was 40 pounds heavier I was in the uh, I don't think there even was a vaccine last year was there I don't remember it feels like forever ago so when did the vaccine when did the vaccine come out for covid ah, when was it mid-march 2020 that that doesn't make any sense because if you remember the the lot, so probably began phase one trials. March, July twenty first. There's no way. Was Pivart Biotech when? August twenty twenty one. Okay, this did, yeah I remember this now. So back in August we had a vaccine. Now, I don't remember. I don't remember. I I had to get the vaccine. I'm sorry. But, but oh, man, I, mean, I didn't want to get it. Like, I I haven't notice a single difference in my body ever since I've gotten it I mean I've been sick multiple times I don't know if it's been of COVID or not but I feel the exact same so I don't really I don't know if it was unnecessary or not I don't know if I would I have it by now if I didn't we just don't know and honestly who cares so yeah so if we, if we check the Dow Jones actually hold on so we're back from the interruption. I completely forget what we're talking about. It's probably about stock prices or some crap. but let me tell you so, so yeah, sorry about the dog barking. we're, just, we're putting him a Christmas tree. he's an idiot and he's confused. So um, uh, so some crazy things about the economy, but who really cares? It's gonna be it's, it's gonna completely break down in the next month or so. So, I'm not really too concerned about that because, uh, hopefully it'll bounce back or they're going to make us buy, like, cryptocurrencies and stuff, which I don't feel like doing. It's too complicated. So, so I'm really tired. I went to the gym this morning. So, let's talk about, um, the last episode. So, the last episode, we had, like, three different people on. It was me, Christian, and uh, Fletcher, and Fletcher was able to, uh, Um, what's it called clear his name we also talked about the king and queen breaking up which they got back together very soon after they were crying they may have not even broken up they just got in an argument it was just a little a little a little rumor around the class you know what i'm saying so they may not even have broken up they just were arguing which people argue okay it's a very normal thing I like arguing with people so um, I do it all the time. So the king and queen may have never broken up which is kind of um, insane actually. Now there is no update on the king and queen, I have not heard anything about those two. So Christmas break is, I haven't heard anything over Christmas break about king and queen. So hopefully they stay together in the, the school's iconic couple, the king and queen. Stick together forever. That's I wish them very good luck. So I've been I've been told I've been acting like the Joker recently, which I don't I don't see. I I'm I'm a well put together. I'm a normal guy. So when I'm told you're like the Joker, you know I take offense. Honestly, I take a big big offense of that, because I'm not the Joker. I'm a well put together fellow Okay. Some people are blaming it on a heartbreak, which my heart's not broken. Are you guys crazy? So yeah I mean, we all get a little sad sometimes, just because just because I laugh like the joker does not mean I am the joker, fellas. Talking to you, Brock Lindsay. so just because i'm uh, just because I'm going eat yeah, the villain I'm, I'm not a villain. What are you eat? You crazy? So they think I'm the villain and I'm the joker, which'm I'm, which I'm neither actually. So I just think that's something I want to talk about. I'm, I'm a good guy, okay Talking to you, Brock so there is literally nothing to talk about this world is so boring stuff that I, I can't that I can talk about won't get me canceled for life so we're gonna open up Google News something I'm very prone to do on this show and just let's just read all five headlines now we're like Michael Knowles so we're gonna open up Google News here so if we just open up a new tab in Google we should be able to see some five headlines Man kept keeps rock for years, hoping it's gold. Turns out to be even more valuable than gold. I wonder what he, what he has a meteorite. A, if, yeah, I think it's actually, it actually is a meteorite. I think I heard about this. So in 2015, David Hole was prospecting in Mary Maribou Regional Park near Melbourne, Australia, armed with a metal detector. He discovered something out of the ordinary—a very heavy, r- reddish rock resting in some yellow clay. As he took it home and tried everything to open it. Sure that there was a gold nugget inside the rock. After all, Maryville was the Goldfields region where the Australian gold rush peaked in the 19th century. To break open his mind, he tried a rock, a saw, an angle grinder, and a drill, even dousing the thing in acid. However, not even a sledgehammer could make a crack. That's because he was trying so hard to open, there was no good nugget. He found out yet later, it was a rare meteorite. It had this sculpted, dimpled uh, look to it. So, yeah, the photo does look pretty dimply. So... They, uh, that's form of the comforting the atmosphere, they are melting on the outside and the atmosphere sculpts them. Unable to open the rock, He sealed the tree, hole, took the nugget to the Melbourne Museum for identification. I've looked at a lot of rocks people think are meteorites, Henry told, uh, Channel 10 News. In fact, after 37 years of working at the museum explaining thousands of rocks, Henry explains only two of the offerings have been ever turned to be real meteorites. This is the one was two. If you saw that ro- If you saw a rock on earth like this and picked it up, it shouldn't be that heavy. Another Melbourne uh, Museum geologist told Birch, Bill Birch, this told the Sydney Morning Herald in 2018, Research is published that a scientific paper described a 46-year-old meteorite, which they called Maryborough after this town where it was found. It's a huge seven, 7 kilograms, or 37 and a half pounds, and after using a diamond saw to cut a small slice, discovered its composition had a high percentage of iron, making it an H5 ordinary chondrite. I have no idea what that means. Let's find out. So the H chondrite is a most common. So the the H type are the most common types of meteorite, and it's forty percent of all of those cataloged. So what is it? Can I wish they would tell me? So yeah, it's the most common. It's the most common meteorite, which is a good to know, I guess. Once opened, you can see many tiny crystallized particles, droplets, of metallic minerals around it, called chondrules. Meteors provide the cheapest form of space exploration. They transport us back in time, providing clues to the age, information, and chemistry of our solar system, including Earth. Shed Henry. Some provide a glimpse into the deep interior of our planet. In some meteorites, there is stardust, even older than our solar system, which shows how stars form and evolve to create elements of the periodic table. Other rare meteorites contain organic molecules, such as amino acids, the building blocks of life. Although the researchers don't know yet where the meteorite came from and how long it may have been on Earth, they do have some guesses. Our solar system was once a spinning pile of dust and chondrite rocks. Eventually, gravity pulled a lot of this material together into planets, but the leftovers mostly ended up in the huge asteroid belt, which is between Mars and Jupiter. So, yeah, this, is, this is kind of a bad article. Um... This, this website's also not secure. That's a red flag. This particular meteor most probably comes out of the asteroid belt. I already read that. Carbon dating suggests the meteorite has been on for between 100 and 1,000 years, and there's been a number of meteor sightings between 1889 and 1951 that could correspond to its arrival on our planet. Researchers argue that the Maribor meteorite is much rarer than gold, making it far valuable to science. It's one of only 17 meteorites ever recorded in the Australian state of Victoria. second largest chondrite mass of their huge 55-kilogram specimen identified in 2013. This is the 17th meteorite found in Victoria, Henry Toll, Channel 10 News. Looking at the chain of events, it's quite, you might say, astronomical it being discovered at all. How, um, how punny. It's not even the first meteorite to take a few years to make it into a museum. In a particular major a science alert, covered in 2018, one space rock took 80 years, two owners, and, st- and a stint as a doorstop before finally being revealed as what it truly was. So, now probably as good as time to any. Check your backyard for any particularly heavy, hard to break rocks. You might be seen a metaphorical gold mine, says the science alert. The study was published in 20. There, okay. The version of this article was originally published in 2019. It says the proceedings of the Royal Society of Victoria. And that is the first article in Google News. I wonder what the second one could be. It's fine. I, I don't know if I should read an order or not. So, guy leaves his bedroom. This is from the Dodo, that uh, animal place. The guy leaves his new bedroom for five minutes and, come backs, and comes back to a cat. I mean, this, this just sounds ridiculous. So, I don't even know. I'm not going to read this one. It's not interesting enough. So, Fox News is talking about casserole preferences. Like, is there really nothing going on in the news? So, who? Hmm. Massachusetts man came into the hospital with seizures. Doctor found a tapeworm in his brain. This is from a week ago. After weeks of suffering from seizures, a Chinese man went to the doctor was discovered that he had hundreds of tapeworms in his brains and chest. That sounds disgusting. A man was brought to Massachusetts Hospital after he woke up seizing and speaking gibberish, and doctors later discovered tapeworms inside his brain. A case study published in the New New England Journal of Medicine said that the 38-year-old patient was disoriented, held in a voluntary upward gaze, and could not respond to commands. Doctors at the Massachusetts General Hospital conducted various exams to look at the source of seizures, tested a parasitic infection called cisteriosis, a condition that can cause seizures if it spreads to the brain person gets cisterosis with swallowing eggs found in the feces of a person who is an intestinal tapeworm. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control Preventives, highest rates of cisterosis are found in areas of poor sanitation and free-range pigs that have access to human feces, according to the CDC. Can they jump into humans? Wisconsin researchers like chimpanzee. Okay, this is like two different articles. Uh, the studies conducted showed the man had three brain lesions, lesions, I guess, and researchers believe that he lived to tapeworms for the past 20 years. The patient was admitted to neuroscience and intensive care, Unit to give a something therapy, a uh, L-E- L-E-V-E-T-I-R-A-C-T-A-M therapy, a medicine often used for epilepsy. Twelve hours after he was admitted, the patient was ex- exubated and short five days later of no further seizure activity. This is absolutely disgusting. How the heck do you get tapeworms in your head? I feel bad for this guy. They didn't even give him a name. They just said a Chinese man. Okay, I feel bad for this guy. I mean, I wouldn't want my name out there either if I had tapeworms worms in my head. But I'm better check now because if he he was living him of he was living with them for the past, oh he was living with them for the past twenty years. This is disgusting and sad. Okay, California Apple Store hits latest smash and grab in broad daylight. This is unprecedented criminal criminality. So, a northern California apple store targeted by thieves one day in, in the latest smash-and-grab theft as mobs continue to commit brazen burglaries on retail shops in several U.S. cities. Four suspects walked into the apple store just after 11.30 a.m. at Santa Rosa, 55 miles over San Francisco, and stole more than a two, or 20,000 worth for merchandise in broad daylight in front of customers and staff, authorities said. They fled the vehicle in then ranged age for 14... 14- they range in age from 14 to 18, the Santa Rosa Police Department said they're wearing black clothing and masks. The incident follows similar burglaries over a dozen Sunsaks at Ransiak numerous stores in the Bay Area and Los Angeles. Hours after the Apple burglary, five spectacles in Los Angeles stole about 25,000 worth of merchandise from a Nordstrom inside the Westfield Topanga Mall and used Bear Sprint as a security guard. On Monday, another march room as a popular shopping and entertainment complex east of downtown Los Angeles was targeted when suspects used a sledgehammer and other tools to break in. Four suspects involved late smash, and grabber. Okay, we already read that. Um, the Los Angeles Police Department has also had to control more than 100 robberies involving suspects who follow their victims' home from various parts of the city. Over the weekend, retail shops, pharmacies, and cannabis dispensers are ransacked from San Francisco and nearby Oakland and surrounding suburbs. In response to the increase in stretched crimes, Governor Gavin Newsom authorized the creation of a task force to tackle the problem. The Chicago area has seen similar to the Including one in a Louis Vuitton store to having a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand in the merchandise last week. So it seems as if people are just robbing stores left and right. this uh, this sucks. I mean, this is terrible for businesses. Businesses are already suffering enough because no one's going to them. They're losing all their uh, to what's it called uh, Amazon and Walmart, but it seems as if these other stores are really suffering, which is just terrible. So, e- Egypt reopened the Avenue of Sphinxes centuries after Hope had prayed for the gods. Cairo, as Americans settled down to enjoy some time honored tradition of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, amidst 6,000 miles away, Egypt set out to receive a tradition of its own that likely had been set in a couple thousand years. The Egyptian Ministry of Tourism. This sounds like some Harry Potter thing. And Equictides had held a grand ceremony on Thursday even to mark the reopening of the ancient Avenue of Sphinxes in the city of Luxor. The sacred road, once named the Path of the God, connects the temples of Karnak in the north with Luxor in the south. Paved in sandstone blocks, a 1.7-mile-long road is lined on both sides with more than 1,050 statues of sphinxes and Rams. They spent centuries, centuries, buried under the desert sands, which slowly over many years. Egypt's renowned archaeologists bring bringing them back into the light of day. So far, 309 statues have been excavated in good condition, but that number may increase as excavation work continues. Dr. Mustafa El-Shagir, director general of the New Karnak Monuments, told CBS, Who built it? Who built it? Like much of the ancient world, the avenue of Sphinxes hasn't given up all its secrets. It isn't certain who started the building in the road. Some scientists suggested that it could date back to the way of the Queen Hatshepsut about 13, 500 years ago, 3,500 years ago. But Dr. Sagar says researchers haven't found any archaeological evidence on the road back to the ferry. Others believe it was but another Cam up the third, a couple hundred years later. But Dr. Sagar says the artifacts on the road relating to the pharaoh were moved there later. He believes it may have been Egypt's most a uh, 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 famous ruler who sat on the throne about 3,000 years ago, who started the Avenue of Sphinxes. The oldest monument was discovered of the goes back to King Turcommon. We had the first 100 meters from the 10th pylon of the Karnak Temple to the gate of the Moot Temple, he told CBS News. Whoever kicked the project off, there's a broad agreement that most of the road, that spanned roughly 200, uh, 240, 2400 yards long, it was built... During the reign of King the I, founder of the 30th and last native dynasty in Egypt about 2,400 years ago. The parade route. Every year, ancient Egyptians hold a festival called the Opet in the second month of the Nile flooding season to celebrate the fertility of the gods and the pharaoh. Priests would carry three divine boats on their shoulders, transporting statues of the Taiban the triad. The deities amun Ray, his escort Mut, and their son Khonsu, from the Karnak to Luxor. The trip made by foot along the avenue of Sphinxes, sometimes by boat along the Nile River. This festival lasted two weeks from days to weeks, depending on the ruler time, and its statues were carrying back to Karnak. Over time, the roads abandoned has been under But In 1949, the first of the eight Sphinxes were discovered in the front of Luxor Temple by Egyptian archaeologist Dr. Zedekir Gonem. These excavations have continued for years on and off. As archaeologists uncover and map the ancient road, they've had to demolish some buildings, including the mosques, a church, and many homes that sprung up along the route over the Sunni millennia. The Ministry of Tourism, and to saluted for the spectacle on it, put last in April when royal mummies were paraded down at fruit fair, to a new museum home, and the government organized Thursday's ceremony on the same scale to promote the city of Luxor as one of the largest open museums in the world. The event tried to recreate the spirit of the ancient OPET festival and included music, dancing, and light shows. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy, but who really cares? Okay. So, I'm trying to find what is this, like three articles now? So, hmm. Hmm. Hundreds of FedEx passages were found and tossed into an Alabama ravine. What the heck? So, hundreds of FedEx... This is from CNN. So, they were discovered and discarded in a ravine Wednesday in Blount County, Alabama, some 40 miles northeast of Birmingham, according to the local sheriff's office. Deputies responded Wednesday afternoon to a ravine on private property where were discovered after 300 to 400 FedEx passages and assorted sizes that appeared to have been thrown into the ravine. The Blount County sheriff's office said a statement on Facebook. Hopefully we'll have some answers soon, the uh, office said. So and there's just a photo here. And it's like canned food and stuff. And just boxes. An area manager for FedEx responded to the scene. The sheriff's office said and the company sent multiple trucks and drivers from all over the south, who began loading the packages at sunrise Thursday. An update by the sheriff's office Thursday, morning said we're making a dent in the cleanup and recovery effort. In statement to CNN, FedEx said the security of our customers' shipments is a top priority, and we are all committed to treating our customers' packages with get utmost care. We are taking steps to recover and transport the effective packages as quickly as possible, the statement said. In addition to cooperating with law enforcement, we are connecting a review of the situation and will take appropriate action. CNN's Dankin Adone reported to this report. Uh, that's great. I mean, so someone, I'm assuming someone who worked at CNN we're not seeing it. FedEx threw they may, they may just having a bad day. So they uh they just throw their things in the room. I mean I would to I, I, I so I get paid, man, so this is from Inc. Com. A respected MIT professor had a four, had a simple four word rule for his classroom and every company should follow it. Earlier this year, I came across a lecture by former MIT professor Patrick Winston. I called called How to Speak. You know, speaking's not that hard. So, the lecture is posted on YouTube, and a few months later, after Winston's death in 2019, has since been viewed over 4.7 million times. Winston, who taught at MIT for almost 50 years and was one of the schools' most beloved professors, knew how to captivate an audience. His style wasn't flashy, but it was extremely compelling, even more noteworthy, when you consider he worked in the technical field of artificial intelligence. Um, if you watch the full lecture, and I, I'm not doing that, okay, we also discover a priceless gem in the first five minutes of the talk when Winston described what he calls the rule of engagement. It's simple, non-negotiable policy. It's the only five words long. Winston's classroom rule, no laptops, no cell phones. One, two, three, four. It's, that's, um, that's four words long, so this article is already pretty bad. Although simple, there is a video trying to play. It's like blocking everything. Although simple, this is a rule that almost no one today follows and it makes it extremely valuable. Winston's rule of engagement also a perfect example of emotional intelligence in real life. The ability to make emotions work for you instead of against you. How the rule of engagement makes you a better listener. listener. Winston goes on to explain the reasoning behind this rule of engagement. Some people ask, why well, I know laptops or cell phones is a rule of engagement. He says, the answer is we humans only have one language processor. If your language processor is engaged, you're distracted. And worse, you distract all the people around you. Studies have shown that. He continues, and worse yet, if I, op- if I see an open laptop somewhere in the back of there, it drives me nuts. Winston is right, of course. Back in the 1950s, psychological, psychologist Donald Broadbent provided a similar point by setting up subjects with headphones that were putting in two different messages at the same time, one each year. Afterwards, Broadbent tested subjects to their ability to retain this information. Broadbent's conclusion we can only listen to one voice at a time. But how can the no laptops or cell phones role of engagement help you and your organization? Nowadays, people are, spy, are accustomed to respond to electronic messages immediately and there's some good to that your respond click at the artist message you find information and need to move their work forward additionally you should up to value them however in your efforts to respond more quickly you might also be making a big mistake by constantly checking your phone even when you're in a meeting or conversation with others you leave your con- conversation partner feeling that you aren't ready really present and that you don't care about them or the conversation Additionally, just think of all the lost time of meeting when someone repeats something that's already been said or goes off in a tangent because they were distracted and missed the key point. True listening and collaboration requires complete attention, and if you're speaking with another person that uh, thought you were important enough to give you time and attention, why not return to honor? In fact, because so many people are in the constant habit of checking phones, imagine what happens when someone comes to you and asks for them for a second to put your phone away or put on silence so you can focus on them. That gesture alone will signal how important they are to you. You should also consider a no-phone rule for specific times and places. No additional devices for collaboration meetings, for example, or certain meetings or parts of meetings where all devices are put away. You sh- you'd you be surprised at the positive benefits these actions reap and the definite uh, quality as to your relationships. So if you'd like to increase the quality of your meetings, conversations, even your relationships, take a page out of Patrick Winston's playbook. No cell phones, no laptops, okay? he He got the order wrong, I just noticed. So... Yeah, g- yeah, great lesson and all, but, um, yeah, so at first it says his classroom rule is no laptops, no cell phones, and down here it says no cell phones, no laptops, so, because you can only listen to one voice at a time, so I, I actually distrust this article completely now because of that little error, I, I I'm going to be that honest, it's a good message. I mean, yeah, I understand, but before um, all my generations just still hooked on their phones, I don't think that would even happen. So I think we're looking at a, um, almost 40, almost like a 50-minute episode at this point. I don't really know, because if I had stopped recording. But, um, I don't really know what else to talk about, you know. Hmm... This is a, this is a hard choice. Should I end it now? I believe last episode I said we would be looking at NTFs and I don't think I ever got to that. Which, can you blame me? NTFs are boring. It's a cheap way to make money. So... Hmm... I wonder what else we can talk about. There's just much. I'm gonna be honest, there's not much. Hmm... So, I don't really think anything else is going on in the news. I want to expect her to be a... Oh! Oh, so and So, a somewhat... Some guy, this guy, crashed into a parade of kids. So, he was... Apparently... So, this is the story I've heard. He was fleeing from a knife fight, and he was just kind of creeping up on the parade, slow enough for the police to bang on the hood and bang on the window, telling him to stop. Then, after that, he, like, sped forward and just hit a bunch of these kids, which is terrible. So... Now, the media is not saying a person did it. They're saying an SUV caused the accident, which is um, SUVs don't drive themselves, not yet, hopefully never. So I think they should say a, a man causes this accident, a, this is a terrible act. So I, I'm not trying to get canceled here because, you know, someone's going to take these words out of context and cancel me, so, which anyone can at this point. So, <sighs> and I, I'd like to make, I'd like to get sponsors and money off this show, so. Which is ridiculous. So that's really, when I first heard, I thought it was like, so first I heard five people killed, like 50 people injured, or 40 people injured. Now I'm hearing six people killed, like 60 people injured. So we'll have to see in the next coming days what's going to happen to this case. I think it was a three, four, five, five, maybe seven days ago at this point. I don't know. It was like three days ago, actually. It's three or four days ago. So we'll, we'll just have to see where, where is this case going to take us. Um, fleeing from a knife fight. I don't know who flees from a knife fight. I don't know why you're getting in a knife fight. I also heard the guy was like fresh out of jail. I've heard a lot of different things. Who knows? Who knows? But I think that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. I hope you guys have a great time. Please share this podcast with your friends, family, and relatives. I hope you guys do enjoy the show. Uh, make sure to share us with everyone. Make sure to put in a good word. Show your friends, family, relatives. I've already said this stuff. I'm just repeating myself now. Hope you guys have a very merry, thank- happy Thanksgiving, and uh, goodbye.